0: hello everyone welcome to the podcast floor is rising i am sabertooth and with me is kizu i'm a professional nft collector and kizu is a professional art critic on this podcast we talk deeply about the business of creating collecting and analyzing nfts so if you are a creator or collector of nfts or you want to be jump in the water's warm Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Floor is Rising. With me today is artist Vimal Chandran. He is what I would classify an Indo-futurist. We'll ask you more about that. Vimal, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Tell me, Vimal, how did you get into NFTs?
1: It was in uh, this February. I was in uh, India, in my home. And uh, one day, on Instagram, I came to know about the you know the big sales the people made on Christine's. Then I tried to learn more about crypto and Bitcoin and trying to understand the ecosystem. And it's in February this year only. I came to know about all the NFT stuff. Then it was all, all sort of trial and error and figuring it out, what works, what does not, like that so at the time uh, in india there is the crypto exchange named wazirx which is uh backed by by Nines. Mm. so they started a marketplace i think in june they contacted me okay can you uh join in as uh, one of the creators? so i was exploring the whole space at that time uh so i was uh, i i tried to you know uh, give one of my artwork initially that's where i started i i i think i minted my artwork in in WazirX this June, June 1st, I guess.
0: So that was your genesis NFT piece on on WazirX? Exactly.
1: I was um, trying to figure out um, different genre of artwork and even I was trying, uh, okay, what, what will fit in the whole NFT space and what kind of stories shall I tell in NFTs? But when the Wasirx came and asked me to, you know, drop one of the work, I I, I was uh, I already had some ideas of what to mint? So I dropped one of Genesis artwork
0: there on June first. I've never talked to an artist whose Genesis piece is on Wasirx. I I mean I can't say I'm that familiar with that platform, and I, I mean I do know that Wasirx is definitely sort of targeted at a specific sort of geography means sort of the, uh, the Indian subcontinent. So it's, it's kind of fascinating. And I'm curious as to how you were thinking about, you know, if you moved to the NFTs, what would that mean for your sort of complete art practice? And, and, you know, do you think of it as an extension? Do you think of it as a completely new thing?
1: I started painting in an analog format. I started with uh, making watercolor illustrations when I was a kid. Then uh, ever since it was kind of a part of my art journey, uh, it was one of my favorite medium to work with, uh, which was analog. So I started from an uh, analog background, and then in 2012, I slightly moved into digital. You know, mm. uh, I, I got a Wacom tablet and uh, tried to draw in Photoshop and start doing uh, illustration digitally, and I kind of liked it because of the flexibility that it allows me to, you know, experiment, and I, I don't have to be very rigid. So I incorporated that uh, digital things in my practice and I liked it. So by that time also, I I was doing both the things, you know, both digital as well as analog. So I thought like, you know, uh, if you do an exhibition, the people preferred initially mostly a physical work, which is analog, right? Mm -hmm. So I never want to give it up completely because I was not doing completely on client projects okay 50% mm-hmm. of time I was dedicated to do my own artwork and other 50% age I will uh, do client's work mm-hmm. okay so these are the two things which I had so my problem with doing personal project which are digital is i was not sure you know how can i convert into a into a tradable asset you know mm-hmm. that was a big problem that, and so whenever i at that time when i thought like okay you want to do an exhibition i will always think it as okay i will do a analog work and a, you know a painting on a paper or a painting on a canvas uh, stuff like that but even though I knew digital, I, it was mostly I was doing for a commissioned uh, illustration or for, mm-hmm. for the brands or something like that, you know. So uh, when I cared about the NFT, that was the first thing that came to mind. Okay, so I can use, uh, you know, the digital art which I'm making for myself uh, as a something which I can sell like a physical painting, right? Which is, for me, it was revolutionary, you know. It was never possible before that. I was thinking, okay, I always needed a client. I need to work with a brand and all sort of that kind of stuff. So, so when I started experimenting with NFT, it was like I, I was already dedicated my fifty percent of time in my own art project, right? So it was mostly covered by the analog practices. Now, now I can do digital work also because mm-hmm. I can sell uh, the things as NFT. So that is a kind of uh, interesting. Thing for me, so that's why I started looking into NFT. It, it's a kind of extension to my own artistic expression, for uh, something like that. You can type
0: I've noticed that a huge part of your art journey, especially the, the collabs you're doing, it's always been within that Indian sort of market, right? Catering to that Indian market. I don't know. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but with mm-hmm. the NFTs, you're, I mean, the market is global, and especially on on platforms like Foundation, it's it's like a global market. Are you finding that your work is is sort of going beyond what you have traditionally, your, your, your traditional collectors or, or client base have, have gone as you've gone into sort of foundation and NFTs. And, and is that something that you want to do? And how do you view that? Because especially since the subject matter that you're, especially your NFTs is, is kind of that Indo-futurism.
1: I have a concept of, you know, telling a story or telling a narrative which is more rooted to the place which I live in. Mm-hmm. And see in a, in a traditional space. Maybe I'm I'm more inclined at that time towards the traditional space. I find it more authentic. When when I was looking into the you know artworks at that time when I was exploring in February March, most of the things were very global and futuristic. And uh, I don't know personally. I I'm I'm more uh, inclined towards telling stories, which is mm-hmm. more close to my heart. Mm-hmm. I, I can say in that way. Right, So that's why when I explored that first indo futurism series and I wanted to drop on a platform, I thought like, okay, even though it's accidental that VASREX came to me at that time, this was my thought process. Okay, this story is more relevant or more connected to somebody who's from India. So I dropped there as an experiment, you know, uh, first uh, I thought like, okay, instead of dropping it on foundation, If I drop it first on an Indian audience, I want to know, I want to know how do they react, you know? Uh, So thankfully, they could collect it and uh, people start liking it because there are two aspects of it. One is like, even though stories are the base, the idea of the stories from my native or the very traditional or cultural background, Mm -hmm. uh, the execution is global, you know? it's executed in a way like it's like in a sci-fi environment and sci-fi environment is like, it's inspired from, even from the Hollywood movies, you know, in the nineties, retro sci-fi movies or the books or the, you know, magazines. So basically I thought like it's a combination of two different genre. One is very traditional and uh, the other one is global. Even though people don't understand that uh, uh, traditional aspect of it, they can still connect to the artwork because of the execution is global okay but as you told if somebody who who already knew the story who who already experienced the story they will connect more towards my artwork so that's what my initial thought when i dropped on was it so i i thought like okay i'll start from here and if it's people liking it i will expand this into a global audience so Recently, when I when I start meeting on foundation, maybe three months back, I just I try to make it much more global. You know, uh, people might not understand the global audience might not understand the intricacies of Indian culture or uh, other things. But at the same time, I I want to tell this. Okay, there is something unique here, and I want to tell this story to the global audience. So I think uh, for an artist personally, for me also, that that make it much more uh, authentic and or uh,
0: personal to myself. How do you think about, for example, the tools that you're using?
1: I I predominantly am a 2D illustrator. Now I use uh, Procreate. Those are the major tools which I'm using for the digital painting, uh, Mm -hmm. which is I guess currently the uh, basic thing. So when I thought of NFT, I thought like, okay, I don't have to restrict it into a static frames. I can even animate a bit or uh, I I have an ability to add sound to it. So, I use that one also in After Effects, I use uh, slight animation, which I I personally believe, uh, it's not, uh, I'm not an animator. To be really
0: yeah. honest, hmm. you mentioned the stories that you're telling, and you know, looking at your foundation pieces and your and your Waszarex pieces. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah. definitely a narrative, right? It's not it's not singular pieces. These these pieces sort of Do tell a narrative between the, each pieces. Can you yeah. can you just tell us, um, you know, what is this narrative you're you're trying to paint in this series of drops that you that you're doing right now?
1: I'm from India, and to be geographically in the southernmost state of India, the place looks uh, kind of similar to Bali.
0: Uh, kerala, uh, kerala right Kerala
1: Yeah Kerala yeah. Kerala yeah. yeah Kerala looks kind of similar to Bali <laughs> with not too much smoothie bars and stuff like that uh, it's a coastal area so
0: i mean it's, it's extremely uh, left leaning right like this is this is what yeah, i know about the politics yeah. it's it's one of the it's one of the yeah, most left leaning yeah. places correct, in india correct.
1: Right. yeah correct and in kerala is one of the places where uh, democratically uh, in in the entire world, I think uh, Kerala is the place where a communist government came democratically. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a left leaning place. It's it's the only, I guess, uh, right now in India. Mm. So it's a coastal area, and and uh, Kerala is the place where the uh, in entire India the literary rate, rate is very high in Kerala. Okay, it, it's in the standard of uh, uh, Western countries. You right. Know? So i think the my place is uh, actually inclined towards art and culture in india's uh, the bienal uh, the kochi this my happened in kerala so we already had that uh, inclination towards art and another in, uh, interesting thing is that there are a uh, lot of folk stories which which are very rare i mean which is so unique to, uh, comparing to the you know other part of the world in my native place okay mm-hmm. uh, so I, I grew up listening to all these stories when i was a kid okay when i was a kid uh, i i usually read the comic books which are you know sci-fi stories you know there, there was a magazine called misha which was uh, published by the russian embassy in the 90s i, I don't know how how, how they start uh, sending them here in kerala but I, I usually read that magazine and that's the only magazine i can see in india which has all the you know color and the uh, different kind of a, a global aesthetic. So the stories which those magazines was delivering was kind of uh, sci-fi, which is entirely different from the stories which I usually hear from India, which is more of uh, Hindu mythology or uh, uh, Vedic mythology. So there is this uh, contrast between something which is very Indian and something which is global, which which I uh, which I experienced throughout my life. I was in Kerala, then I moved into Bangalore in 2005, which is which is another, you know, uh, metro, one of the metro cities mm-hmm. in India, kind of a Silicon Valley of India, you know. So uh, there I met a lot of techies and the stories that I heard there was entirely different from what I experienced here in Kerala, you know. This sharp co- contrast, I, I thought like, okay, this is something which I can explore uh, by putting a, very traditional thing into a very futuristic sci-fi thing. And when I combined these two different elements, that, that's what I started exploring. I, I call it uh Indo-Futurism, you know uh, it, it's a genre that nobody has really explored even in the movies. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't see any movies in even in the Bollywood movies. I, I couldn't find any big hits which explore this particular genre uh called how you know uh a Indian elements be a part of a uh, sci-fi
0: universe i thought okay that part is really interesting at one time you were doing a lot of commission slash design work but with the advent of your gallery career and also your nft career now you know you, you have an option whether to do that or not and and, and it goes more and um, i mean how do yeah. you view the public face of you and and your art practice and how does that relate to how you cultivate the press and the, and the, and the social media I guess.
1: i'm more more of an internet native artist rather than a traditional gallery artist okay because exactly. it was in 2005 when the social media was booming in india right. i started uploading my artwork on facebook and people started liking it okay right. so i i got work from other brands or commissions through through the, my social media okay mm-hmm. so when i look in that Perspective, uh, I had a huge following on Facebook at that time. Then the Instagram came, so I started uh, uploading it on Instagram. And people, when we came, when we are now at uh, NFT, it's actually entirely different audience. I, I personally feel like that audience who are in the social media are currently not on crypto or on mm-hmm. NFT. You know, maybe mm-hmm. one personage or something in India, it's lesser than that. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now they're going slowly uh, came to know about what is NFT and all, but there is a disconnect between that audience, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I think uh, the that was an interesting aspect of NFT. You you have to uh, start from the scratch once again. So that is uh, one of the things. And currently, when I'm looking at it, I, I personally want to do more of uh, my own artwork. Maybe in the future, currently I'm thinking I, I want to be known as somebody who's a visual artist from India. Mm-hmm. I, I want to explore my own journal and tell the particular thing to the global audience and I, I need to make a mark in that direction you know so I think nft nft is my I personally feel it's a it's an extension for of web 2 which which I was a part of for the last 10 to 15 years and uh, nft is the for the web 3 or the blockchain is the natural progression of it so I want to be a part of that. And going forward, I'll be focusing more on uh, my visual art career that, rather than a client work. I already reduced my client work by 50% in the last uh, uh, six months because I want to concentrate more on the NFTs and the artwork. And I think more moving forward, I want to be known as somebody and uh, a visual artist who's exploring the, or mixing the cultural things with the sci fi and connecting with the global audience. You know, so that's that's
0: my plan. There's been a lot of sort of FUD, especially earlier earlier in the year, about the Indian government's so policies towards crypto, right? Like there's there was a lot of worries about that. So a lot of people from from India who want to do anything in the in the crypto space had to basically mm-hmm. use pseudonyms, right? And so my theory is that there are a lot more Indians in crypto than people realize because most of them yeah, are gotta, using gotta, pseudonyms. Yeah. And I think from what you described is that another part of the reason is that there's this major arbitrage in value, right? <laughs> Where, um, you know, something that is in crypto, you can, you can charge, you can sell for a lot more than, you know, if it was in a in, in traditional world. And, and this is not just yeah. in, in NFT art, but in crypto in, yeah, in general. Yeah. How do you, I guess, just through your personal experience of the, the community in India that you know you know who is in uh, uh, NFTs and crypto, how do you see that community and how do you, I guess, view that community and, and what are your thoughts on?
1: So initially when I dropped my first work, artwork in versus I, I never thought like somebody will honestly I, I never thought like somebody would go and buy it you know right. it was around uh, at that time uh, it was around one eighth price okay right. but uh, surprisingly it got collected and they dropped the second artwork and the second artwork also got collected you know then each time when i mint an artwork it got collected it's in 24 hours you know right. then i'm like okay so there are a lot lot of people in crypto in india yeah right. and uh that is one thing that is correct and the people who are in that amount of people, the people who are willing to buy an NFT, I think currently most of the people are speculating on this. Even the people who are ready to buy all those things, they already invested on different NFTs. Okay, Th- those collectors. And uh, another thing, since since uh, uh, India is uh, uh, mostly a service driven, uh, what do you call it, economy in uh, mm-hmm. software, the crypto and blockchain think, has a huge potential to, you know, they make a mark in the industry. And yeah. there are a lot of startups coming up in Bangalore. And now we can see in the times of India, because newspaper, you'll see an advertisement of how can you buy a Bitcoin in the front page. Right. So I can see that slowly it's moving and the, the cricket match, the sponsors are the cryptocurrency exchanges. You right. know? So I can I can see that people are seeing that. And another interesting thing is that people who bought some of my artwork were um, they were college kids, you know. I, I never knew that. So uh, the youngsters in India, they, they're more inclined towards the, uh, towards crypto and uh, the, uh, basically the people uh, between 15 to 30, you know, right. 15 years to 30, they are exploring the space more. I, I think uh, the crypto space in India is very, and very, very, and, and uh, it's it's same globally also, but the people who are buying the artwork and currently... They all are very uh, young people. So, in a community-wise, I think I think this will pick it up. And in NFT community in India is actually really good. That's what I think. They they help each other, and there are different community called NFT Malayali and NFT India, Crypto Art India. So they were all came together, and uh, I, I think the last COVID time there was a uh, COVID situation in in India. They all came together and uh, uh, contributed to the and all the stuff happened and they currently they are really helping each other and uh, supporting each other which is a good thing and i think in india uh, the platforms like was it they, they are all uh, getting all the traction uh right now because everyone is talking about nfts everyone is talking about crypto and you see advertisements in bangalore when you go you'll see the, all the codings related to buy, how to buy Bitcoin and stuff like that, which I never has seen before this pandemic, you know. Right. So I think I think it's uh, it's it's positive, and um, I don't think the government uh, in India uh, is not, not going to ban or anything like that. You know, they are going to regulate it. That's what I hear, and because they will not be able to ignore it, uh, because India as a economy, as a service based economy, they will be a part of the you know global blockchain movement right they'll be making contributing to the development of web3 in the metaverse so uh, the a lot of startups uh, startups are coming in uh, bangalore these days uh, i think uh, i am very optimistic in india uh, about the whole uh, crypto and nft
0: awesome Vimal, before we let you go who is your favorite artist
1: Okay, this is a tough question. I have a lot of favorite artists. So, oh, okay, I will... I will. Uh, I think I, the South African painter, William Kendridge, okay? I, I think he's one of my uh, favorite artists. I think he's from the traditional background, but even when I look at his work, I, I was looking at his work uh, a couple of months back. In the 2090s, he was, make, he was making small uh, uh, animations and uh, small films and uh, he was able to sell in uh, traditional galleries and he's a big name, William Kendridge. So uh, when I look at his work right now, I I was thinking, okay, this guy was way ahead of his time, you know. So he's one of my favorite artists. And in India, there is a contemporary artist uh, called Sheila Gowda. She's from Bangalore. She used uh, different materials to make uh, installations. And I like her work because it's truly unique. She explores uh, different kind of traditional material, which I personally usually ignore when I see it. But when, when she created the abstract shapes and it's exhibited in the Tate Modern or uh, other places, I was like, wow, you know. So Sheila, uh, uh, I like her work. And in the global artist list, uh, okay, I, I usually follow most of the artists. I like David Schringley's work. I like uh, Jasper John's work. Uh, okay, in the NFT space, I think people I like he's kind of a icon, right? So I definitely like his work.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Vimal, for joining us uh, on the show.
1: Thank, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for uh, inviting me to the show. It was great.
0: Thank you for joining me for this episode of Boys Rising. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at FloorIsRising. You can reach out to us, send us a question, and just send us a DM on Twitter at FloorIsRising.